all the head coaching vacancies have been filled. So how do they all grade out? That's the focus of today's TDN Daily. Welcome to the Wednesday edition of the TDN Daily Podcast. Chris Schuber back with you here once again. Got my grades. Yes, we're putting actual letter grades to all five head coaching hires since they are now all finished. We'll give you my full thoughts on all of them here on the show today. But before we dive headfirst into those five head coaching jobs, got to tell you about our friends over at Bet Online, who remain your number one source for all of your sports betting this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends over at Bet Online with live. Betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. Here's what you got to do head on over to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Just make sure to use our promo code BLEAVE, that's B L E A V, to receive your rewards. Bet Online, where the game starts. So we know. Who didn't get hired, we know who did get hired, we know what direction all five of these teams are going in with their jobs, and so we can grade them all accordingly, we can share my thoughts. And for some of these, I have touched on here, uh, like the Broncos, we talked a little bit about Houston, we've talked about Carolina, but I figured I'd give them a grade and kind of you can kind of stack them accordingly based on what the, the job I think each of these teams did uh, with making their hire. We'll go. Uh, we're going to go in the order that I have them written here. They're not in any grade order or in the order in which they were hired. But the first team up is the team that is the last team to have made their hire, the Arizona Cardinals, hiring uh, Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon. And I think for this one, the Cardinals clearly, I think, wanted to go in a direction that involved Sean Payton to be their next head coach to uh, – usher in a new era with Kyler Murray, the big fish of uh, trading our first round pick or potentially uh, a second round pick considering where the Cardinals picked in the first round. But that was the thing they wanted to do. They met with, with Sean Payton. I met with him for an extended period of time, but for whatever reason that didn't pan out. And so this is where they pivoted to Jonathan Gannon. And seemingly this pivot was somewhat out of nowhere. If you remember, we talked about on this show and, and draft dudes and in other places as well, that the finalist list for this job was basically down to uh, Mike Kafka, Giants offensive coordinator, or Lou Anarumo, the Bengals DC. Uh, Brian Flores was on that list as well, but he went and took the Vikings DC job. And so those were the two names. Those were the two finalists. It was going to be one of those two directions. And I'm pretty sure I said here on this show that I expected them to go with Anarumo, that I thought they were going to pivot in a defensive direction after Cliff was their quarter, uh, was their head coach it, for the last couple of seasons, that they would pivot in that direction. And that having two uh, DCs uh, or two defensive-minded coaches as part of the finalists kind of led in that direction after Sean Payton decided to go uh, to Denver. We'll get to him in a second. But there was an interesting little uh, piece of information that came out about Monty Allison Ford. And when he was the assistant GM uh, for the Tennessee Titans, and I would assume that this is now common practice for all of the uh, assistant GMs or people that are high up in front offices, but Monty Austin Fort worked on and put together a list of people that he would want to interview and that he would be interested in hiring if he ever got a head coaching job. And he put together that list. And guess who was one of the names that was on that list? Jonathan Gannon, Eagles defensive coordinator. So tough for the Cardinals to be able to talk to, to Gannon, right? They were because of the way that the NFL interview cycles work. You can only interview him during a bye week, but they were able to get through the process of talking to Jonathan Gannon. And 
he was clearly on Monty Austin Ford shortlist. Monty was interested in talking to him. Clearly, they hit it off, and now Jonathan Gannon is going to be the new head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. I gave this hire a C plus, and this is why it gets a C plus for me. This is the question that I have to answer. I think in order to understand my grade here, is this the right coach to maximize the potential of Kyler Murray? Because that is the only way this succeeds for the Arizona Cardinals. They've paid the quarterback. This is who they're hitching their wagon to. Kyler Murray needs to be able to succeed in Jonathan Gannon's vision for the Arizona Cardinals for this to work. Now, Browns quarterback coach Drew Pensing is going likely to be the new offensive coordinator. And so you wonder what kind of impact a first-time quarterback's coach coming to be an offensive coordinator, calling plays. You know how I feel about that. You're going to hear me talk about it a bunch here over the course of this show with some of these hires. And we obviously probably should talk about the the takeaways from the Super Bowl, the way that the Eagles defense played. But the Eagles defense statistically against top 16 offense was really good last year. They played really well. Um, you may wonder about the adjustments, but if Gannon is a CEO type and a CEO approach and he empowers his staff and allows them to run the defense, and he's not truly a defensive play caller, then that's a good thing. And Mike Zimmer's name has been mentioned for the defensive side of things. That would be a great hire. Uh, What if Jonathan Gannon and whoever he puts together on the defensive side of the ball is able to unlock more of Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins, two first-round picks that haven't really panned out for the Arizona Cardinals? Could you imagine how that could impact the defense that you look at the roster and you go, eh, not really sure what direction they're going to go in. Imagine they were able to turn that around. So the coaching staff, at least on the offensive side of the ball, is a little bit of a question mark. The Kyler Murray thing is a big question mark. But you like kind of the approach that Jonathan Gannon's taking so far in, in the defense side, I think. So maybe it's a little bit harsh for me to give this a C plus, but the Kyler Murray question I think is the biggest one. And I have still unanswered questions when I look at the direction that they're going with the coaching staff on offense. So a C plus, not really for anything Jonathan Gannon himself has done, but because I think the offense is the bigger question mark here for the Cardinals, and I don't feel uh, very comfortable with right now the direction that they're going in. Well, since we talked about the Eagles DC, let's talk about the Eagles OC, Shane Steichen, going to the Indianapolis Colts, and it feels like we're throwing it back here to the early mid 2000s. The coordinators of the teams that played in the Super Bowl being hired as head coaches. I know Eric Bieniemy for whatever reason can't seem to get a job, and that appears to be ridiculous. That it, I mean, that he uh, is likely to be taking another offensive coordinator job someplace else just so he can call plays to maybe answer that question for a lot of people. But the two coordinators for the team that lost the Super Bowl but represented the NFC, they are hired as head coaches. So again, a throwback to the early mid-2000s. And if you are a Colts fan, you have to consider this a slam dunk home run hire. You get a guy who has worked with Justin Herbert in L.A. with the Chargers, and just look at what he was able to do with Jalen Hurts in that offense and what he was able to unlock in Philadelphia. Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, what they were able to do from a protection standpoint. The offensive coordinator has a hand in all of that, being able to scheme and game plan and put together the right approach for this team. And boy, did he ever getting that team to the Super Bowl. And oh, by the way, they scored 35 points in that game and had a chance to win. So it wasn't his fault that they lost that Super Bowl from a game planning perspective. For a team that appears, at least according to Jim Irsay, if you believe, you know, we like that Alabama kid a little bit. Probably shouldn't have said that. Chris Ballard probably uh, not feeling too great about the owner of the football team basically giving away their plans. But this is a team that is eager to draft a young quarterback. Doesn't Shane Steichen feel like the perfect person to lead a team and lead a young quarterback? Now listen, I, I have I wrote my notes down for this show. And in the, the blurb here, I'm going to read it to you verbatim, the blurb that I have here. I have a star, and then I have the words, insert talking point about coaching staff and setting up the defense well with another star. 
because it's just become a a common thing for me to say because it is a common thing that I believe in. That if you're going to hire a coordinator who's a first-time head coach, the other side of the ball that they are not an expert in needs to be manned by somebody who's been there, done that before, and can handle that for them. I'm just a believer in that approach. I believe that is the best way to set up a first-year head coach to succeed. Well, you've got that guy on staff. The Colts defensive coordinator last year was Gus Bradley. This is a former head coach who's been there in Indy, knows the players really well, defensive mind. You can probably just retain him, and you don't even have to worry about that being a problem. And does Gus Bradley give you the warm and fuzzies the way maybe some other guys would, maybe like a Mike Zimmer would uh, in in Arizona, although that's the same side of the ball for Jonathan Gannon, but would Mike Zimmer probably make you feel a little bit better? Yeah, probably. But you know what? This is a guy that knows the team, knows the players, has been a head coach, can help Shane Steichen. You kind of like that, retaining a, a person like that. But potentially, the most important thing about this job and this hire, and I have it in all caps here, this isn't Jeff Saturday. And no offense to Jeff because he was put in an impossible spot. And if you get offered a job like that, you take it. How often, you, you know, there's only 32 of these. And people probably dream of being a head coach. And Jeff has an allegiance to that team and the Indianapolis Colts and that organization and said, sure, I'll be the guy that, that leads us into to the next chapter. So, you know what, I, I can't blame Jeff Saturday. But if, if you ran this back with Jeff Saturday, I don't know how the Colts would have been able to function and how they would have been able to chart a new course. And that's what they need to do. They need to chart a new course specifically on offense. And you now have Chris Ballard. And Shane Steichen rowing the boat in the same direction, and they are going to be able to chart that course for this team and probably finally taking the right approach to a quarterback, which includes drafting one early in the first round. And you would assume that Shane Steichen gave the answers that Chris Ballard and Jim Irsay wanted to hear in those interviews about what direction he wanted to go in as the quarterback. And again, his resume speaks for itself, the people that he's been able to work this. I didn't even give it a grade, but slam dunk home run, you know, you know what that means, A+. plus. A-plus for the Indianapolis Colts hiring Shane Steichen. Again, the combination of you're going to get a, a new quarterback in town. Uh, who, who better right now available uh, to, to to coach and lead that person? And then, again, not being Jeff Saturday is a huge win as well when it kind of looked like it was going to be the case. The Broncos hiring Sean Payton. And listen, anytime you hire a Super Bowl-winning head coach, there's a floor on what the grade can be, right? I can only go so low in my grade. But on the other hand, when you're giving up draft capital and you're giving up a first-round pick to trade for said coach, there's kind of a ceiling that this grade could potentially be. And so I gave the Sean Payton hire by the Denver Broncos a B. They needed to hire somebody with experience. They needed somebody that would be able to right the ship after what what happened last year. And they needed somebody who had been there, done that, has worked with veteran quarterbacks, and knows how to get the most out of them and is an offensive mind. Sean Payton checks all those boxes. They needed somebody that, that the Denver Broncos ownership and the Denver Broncos organization felt comfortable with to fix the offensive issues. Because here, I'll just present this opportunity to you, this, this potential outcome for you. If they can continue to get the quality that they got from defense, it doesn't have to be exactly one-to-one -one what they did th this past year, but if they get close to that defensive performance, they're a top 10, top 12 defense in the league, and they just fixed some of their issues on offense. The Broncos are going to be a problem in the AFC playoff picture. Probably going to be tough to, to chase down the Chiefs and Mahomes, and I, I think I would put the Chargers and Herbert a little bit in front of them. But you want to talk about a team that's going to be in the hunt and going to be in, on those graphics late in the season. If they can do what I just said, the defense continues to play the way that they played, and they fix some of their offense. And I think just consistency, somebody who's been there, the turmoil at the beginning of the season that the Broncos had, as long as you can fix those kinds of things, then I think the Broncos are going to be a problem, and they're going to be in the mix in, in that wild card race. And again, I said this when the hire happened. 
you would think that Sean is only signing up for this because he feels like he can unlock this team's true full potential, and he feels that he can get this offense trending in the right direction. So I gave it a B. Again, you trade a first-round pick for a coach. Yeah, I don't care who it is. I can't give you an A. I just can't do it. But I think it's a good hire. I think it's the right hire to work with Russell Wilson. And so I, I'll give it a B. I'll, I'll kind of put it there. It's above average. We'll give it We'll give it a B. The Houston Texans, D'Amico Ryans. I, I, I said Shane Steichen was a slam dunk home run hire. Uh, put this one in the slam dunk category. We're giving this one an A+. The Houston Texans, the last two head coaching cycles that they have been a part of, they have not gotten this right. They have not handled it the correct way. They have been uh, kind of – they've been – criticized, and rightly so, for the way that they have handled it. But it appears that they are changing the course there. D'Amico Ryans gets a six-year contract, which which makes me feel like they're going to finally afford a coach the runway to change the culture to set this team up for long-term sustainable success. That's what this hire means in a lot of ways. And Ryans is going to get to oversee a team that's got some young talent. Damian Pierce, Derek Stingley, Nico Collins, Kenyon Green, just some of the pieces that I wanted to note here that they have that are younger players uh, for this roster. They've also got four first-round picks over the next two years. they got two picks in this year's draft. they got two picks in next year's draft. So a lot of draft capital to be able to infuse into this. Now, if there is a negative to this hire, it was the approach that was taken to the offensive coordinator position. Ryan's went into the bag that we've seen a lot of coaches go to specifically out of the San Francisco Kyle Shanahan tree of, Hey, I'm just going to bring somebody with me from San Francisco to be my play caller. He got Bobby Slowick to be his offensive coordinator. Now I will tell you there's a bias here and this might be because of what I just went through personally watching uh, Mike LaFleur and Zach Wilson, first time coordinator, rookie head coach, a rookie quarterback get put together and asked to grow together as a unit. And if the Houston Texans are going to use the second overall pick on a quarterback, pairing that quarterback with a first-time coordinator could be a recipe for disaster. But I was not going to let my personal biases and my the example of what I went through, even though it's from that same coaching tree, impact the grade here. D'Amico Ryan's a former player for Houston. It's going to galvanize that fan base. I think from a culture perspective, he's going to instill a very good culture there. It's going to be able to turn things around. There's the draft capital to invest. And so I'm not going to let my personal biases impact the grade here. We will give that one an A-plus as well. And the last one. The Panthers hiring former Colts head coach uh, Frank Reich. And the Panthers clearly felt, I think, that they needed to go outside the building for this head coaching hire uh, to get rid of the, the 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 bad juju of Matt Rule and everything involved with his tenure there uh, in Carolina. And I think they also felt that they needed to get somebody that has an offensive mind. they got a pretty good roster in a lot of cases outside of the quarterback position. So Frank Reich brought in to help pick that quarterback, coach that quarterback, and get this Carolina Panthers team in a position to win. The NFC West, the NFC South, excuse me, is primed for the taking. You've got the Bucks, who are without a quarterback with Tom Brady retiring. What direction are the Saints going to go in at quarterback? The Falcons would be entering year two of Desmond Ritter, so their quarterback situation's in flux. Here is an opportunity for you to be the favorite in that division if you can get the quarterback position right, because you certainly, I think, got the coaching position right. I think Frank got a bad, uh, a bad rap uh, in in Indianapolis, and I think uh, he got the short end of the stick with the way things ended there. Also. Can we talk about this coaching staff? Josh McCown and Deuce Daly being a part of the offensive staff. Josh McCown going to coach the quarterbacks. Deuce Daly being the assistant head coach in charge of the running backs. You want to circle those two names right away as candidates that are going to get some love. Josh McCown was already trying to get some love, specifically from the Houston Texans. But these guys are going to be working under the tutelage of Frank. They're they're going to be on short list to be coaches pretty soon. Um, Evero gets to be the D.C. That's a huge hire. You get somebody that just oversaw one of the best defenses in the league to coach this defense. Dom Capers, Jim Caldwell as veteran additions 
are great to the staff, just a well-rounded coaching staff, and you got to love the way Frank has approached this. I gave this hire a B-plus, and I guess the, the reason why I gave it a B-plus is you didn't hire Steve Wilkes, and I just wonder how the players are going to respond to that. And This is not a shot at Frank because I think he was well-deserving of the job. I think it's a great hire. But the players really, really, really campaigned and championed Steve Wilkes after the way that the year ended and the way that he was able to galvanize that group and get them in a position to be in the mix late for that division. They wanted him to get a fair shot to be the head coach, and it just didn't feel like that was ever going to be the case. And so I kind of knocked the hire a little bit in that regard because you wonder how the players are going to feel. But overall on paper, the, uh, the, the hire of itself, you take the Steve Wilkes side out of it, you look at this as an AA plus hire. I kind of knocked it a little bit for that. Maybe it's not a big deal. Maybe I'm making it a bigger deal than it truly is because of the impressive staff that is being put together. But I think it was worthy of at least mentioning and kind of uh, being a little bit of a negative against this hire. So if we had to rank them, we have the Colts and Houston at the top with their hires of D'Amico Ryans and Shane Steichen. We have uh, the Panthers and Frank Reich with a B plus. We have the Broncos with Sean Payton with a B. And I have the Cardinals with Jonathan Gannon as a C plus. So that's how they stack out for me here on uh, this show. thought that would be a fun little uh, deep dive into my thoughts on these head coaching hires and actually putting a grade uh, on them as we move closer and closer uh, to uh, the offseason now being able to get in full swing. All the coaches, all the teams got their coaches. We are getting closer and closer to March 15th. A, a month from today, folks, a month from today, the new league year begins and all the chaos is here. I know I said we were going to talk about the mock draft today. We'll probably do that on the show uh, tomorrow. I will not leave you without my thoughts on the mock draft this week, but I appreciate you sticking around here uh, on the show for this deep dive in my grades into the head coaching hires. Thanks to you for making this show a part of your day rating, reviewing, subscribing. Thanks to Ben Online for their continued support of the podcast. I hope everybody makes it a great rest of their Wednesday. Talk to you all tomorrow.